0: Good morning, Kavanaugh Church. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Will you please stand with us and sing Made New.
1: Amen, amen. Hey, good morning, Kavanaugh Church. How's everyone doing? Good. All right, thumbs up at least. All right, great, great. It's so good to have you here and for you to come in today and celebrate everything that that song just sang about. Who we have in Jesus, the salvation that we have in him, the new creation he has made here among us and the continued work that he's still doing through us. I'm so thankful for the strength that he is in my life, and I know you are too, and again, to be able to gather to here today as a church to celebrate and to lift him up and to praise his name for all he's done is just something I'm really thankful for today. How about you? Good, good, good. And if you're not awake right now, there's a whole coffee bar out there waiting and ready for you. Okay? Great. But anyways, um, so much that we need to be excited for this morning. I'm really excited for the message that Brother Jason's about to bring and the continued worship. But before we get to that, I have a quick video I want to show you. Watch this.
0: Morning, Kavanaugh Church. As you're worshiping at Kavanaugh, Angie and I are in the southern portion of the Holy Land. This morning we started our day at Masada, the stronghold. We had a worship service there that was awesome. From there we went to En Gedi and the Springs of David. Now we're at Qumran and behind me is the Dead Sea. We're about to go float in the Dead Sea. Been praying for Kavanaugh Church all day. If you're at one of our worship services there, my prayer is that you would hear about Jesus and follow him as Lord and Savior. Been praying for both of our praise teams and Brother Jason as he preaches. Church, I want to thank you for sending Angie and I on this trip. It has been awesome. Can't wait to see you again. God bless.
1: Amen. It's good. Brother Jason, I don't know about you, but I'm a little jealous. I'm really jealous to be able to go to the Holy Land and walk where Jesus walked. I'm so happy for Brother Will and Miss Angie. And he definitely did not need his floaties in the Red Sea. All right, I invite you all to stand, and uh, we're going to ask God's anointing on our services today. Let's pray. Lord, we love you again. Thank you so much for bringing us back together, God. We love our Kavanaugh Church family and the place that we get together here today as our church, God. What we ask for now is complete and, and, and soul focus on you, God. That we can put all of our distractions uh, from this past week behind us. We can take our doubts and our worries and we can cast them towards you and you give us the strength and the encouragement and build up our faith today as we gather around your word and they learn from you God. Be with brother Jason as he brings the message. Speak through him today um, and, and allow him to speak boldly. We love you so much in your name. Amen. Let's continue to praise.
2: Me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and my soul knows this very well. My bones were not hidden from you when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw me when I was formless and all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. How precious. Before a single one of them began. We all have a story. Jesus has your story written before you ever lived your very first day. Do not place your identity something now and temporary instead place your story and your identity in something forever we are chosen we are forgiven we're not forsaken we are loved you are who Jesus says you are not who the world says he didn't die for you Because you're a nurse. He didn't die for you because you're a lawyer. He didn't die for you because you're a teacher. He didn't die for you because you're a student. He didn't die for you because of who your parents are. He died for you because you are you. Period. So today let's lift our praise to him this morning because you are who he says you are. You
3: Thankful to to be in your house this morning to be able to worship you. And and we praise you, Lord. We praise you for who you are and for what you've done for us. Not because of who we are or what we can do or or what other people say about us, but, but because of what you say about us. Because you chose us. Because you did a great thing. And we know, God, that you will continue to do great things. We just invite you to to be in the service with us. We just wanna be with you. I pray, Lord, as the word is brought that each one of us would open our hearts and would just hear exactly what you have for us. God, I pray that if there's anyone here that doesn't know you, that doesn't feel chosen by you, that today would be the day that they hear what you have for them And that they would set everything aside, Lord, and come to you. That they would accept that gift, Lord, and that it would change them forever. Lord, we ask this in your name. Amen.
0: Man, give these guys a hand, aren't they awesome? Wow. Hey man, we I tell you what, Miss Angie would be proud of y'all today. As you know, Miss Angie's not here. Her and Brother Will. Where are they at? In the Holy Land. That's so cool. And I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about old Brother Will floating around in that Dead Sea. How cool is that, man. How cool is that. I'm I'm so excited that they got to be on this trip. And I'm excited that we're here together. So y'all are stuck with me. So here we go. Are you ready? Good. I'm ready. I'm excited. I've been looking forward to this all week. I've been preparing all week, Ken, because I'm going to let y'all have it today. I'm unloading with both barrels. Are you ready? <clears throat> okay. But before we do, do we have any Lord of the Ring fans in the house or Hobbit fans, fans of the Hobbits? Okay. That's all? Really? I expect it. Okay. Yes. He's, okay. So even if you're not... This is going to be so good. Even if you've never seen Lord of the Rings, you've never seen Hobbit, don't worry, you're not going to be lost. I'm going to set this up for you. It's going to be amazing. So uh, when I was a kid, my dad would read the Lord of the Rings series to my brother and I. Stacy, it was amazing. He would do that almost nightly. And I always envisioned these great battles and, and you know, good versus evil. And Then they started making movies about it. And Jason is unreal, unreal. So I watched the Lord of the Rings, and then I kind of, like I think uh, then Joy and I had a bunch of kids, and we never got sleep, so we kind of gave up on those movies because they're a little long. But now they've made all these prequels, and they're about the hobbits. How many of y'all love hobbits? I mean, they're so, they're so fun. Y'all love the hobbits. So there's, there's one of the prequels, and, and it's one of the hobbit movies that sets up Lord of the Rings. It's called The Battle of Five Armies. Okay, I'm going to show you a clip in a moment about a battle in this movie. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you the background on it so that you are not lost. Okay, and there's a great point to this clip, so you really gotta pay attention. So let me ask first are you awake? Are you tuned in? All right, no sleeping today, all right? No sleeping. So in this clip that you're about to see, there is an evil dragon named Smog who has taken over this village and he, he kinda lords over the village. He's got him under his power and he has this great treasure that he has accumulated. And he guards the treasure. He dominates the village. Well, some greedy people decide they're going to go in there and steal the treasure. This doesn't set well with the dragon. So guess what? He begins to wreak havoc and wreckage and destruction upon this village. And he starts setting everything on fire. And there's one man that knows how to stop him. And the only way to stop this dragon is there's one chink in his armor. And he has, to, he has to put an arrow into that chink. So he, he grabs a bow, and he grabs his arrows, and he starts shooting at it, but to no avail because he's using the wrong arrow. There's only one arrow, one and only one arrow, Brother Dan, that can kill the dragon, a black arrow. So the man runs out of arrows. It looks like it's over for him. His bow's broken. But then his son sees the black arrow. He picks up the arrow. He gets the arrow to his father. Now, father and son... Are going to take on this dragon. Are you ready to see it? Are you fired up? All right, Sister Sherry, let's roll it. Woo, they got him. Yeah, man. Woo, who's going to go watch that when you get home today? Huh? Yes, man. I'm going to enjoy watching that tonight. You're going to watch that. Man, guys, did you get the part where the boy turns around, he looks at the dragon, he looks at the fire, he looks at the wreckage around him, and then what does his dad say? Look at me. Look at me. And then together they slay the dragon. Man, I think that's how me and Jude are gonna start deer hunting right there. I'm gonna tell you. Hold, hold the arrow, son, a little to the left. Yes, I'm gonna shoot it right over your shoulder. Boom. That was so awesome. Guys, did you get it though? Did you get that? Listen, we have an enemy. The Bible describes Satan as a dragon, and he wants to destroy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he does. He wants to cause wreckage and ruin and havoc in your life. And in the chaos, what are we to do? We are to turn our eyes off of the evil, off of the trouble, and we put our eyes on who? The Father. Look at me. That's what God is telling us. Today we're going to be talking about prayer. I'm continuing uh, a series I started called Moving Mountains, and I'm going to be referencing a book from one of my very favorite authors, John Eldridge. I'll reference that a few times in my sermon. But, guys, listen, when it comes to prayer, I think it can be intimidating because it's like, how are we as puny humans <laughs> that are so susceptible to sin and temptation? How can we really approach a holy God who created everything? Does he really hear our prayers? Does he really need us to pray? Do our prayers matter? Yes, they do. But I think if we're being honest, there's times when we all feel inadequate when it comes to praying. We all feel like we're weak when it comes to praying. And sometimes if we're being real, we feel like our prayers just aren't being heard. We feel like they certainly aren't being answered. So when it comes to prayer, guys, we want to be effective, right? We want to know that our prayers are moving mountains. And guys, I'm telling you today, they can. They can. So today we're going to talk about how to pray More effectively, and I think that's something, if we're honest, we all want to dive into. So, the first thing I want to bring up today is that we need to remember who we are praying to. So, here's my question Who is He? Capital H, meaning God. Who is God? Who do we pray to? Well, listen to Hebrews 12 1 and 2. I love this passage. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance. It was one of my favorite words. The race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. Let's pray. God, today we are in the presence of a perfect and holy God. There is no one like you. And Lord, truly we aren't worthy of your love, but you gave it to us. So help us to embrace it today, Lord, the great gift of eternal life and salvation. And Lord, today as we dive into your words, speak into hearts with your Holy Spirit, And change lives as only you can. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. When we talk about who God is, the first thing I want to bring to your attention this morning is that he is sovereign. And that's a big word, and I love that word, and it's really hard to describe. But in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I think it says it best that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. In other words, it all starts with Jesus, and it's going to stop with Jesus, earthly speaking for us And we need to constantly remind ourselves that God is sovereign, that he's in control, that he created us, that he looks out for us, and that he knows best. But how many of us think that we know best? How many of us like to be in control? How many of us like to worry and fret over our kids and grandkids, right? Like we can solve all their problems, right, and protect them from harm and injury. Well let me give you an example. So last week Eli got to go work in Conway. He got this job and it was working in crawl spaces. All right. How many of y'all have ever worked in a crawl space? Okay, I've worked in crawl spaces. It's exciting, all right? You you go under <laughs> houses. And, you know, you're breathing in mold, and you don't know what's under there. And, you know, you may be trying to raise up a foundation that's caving in. Uh, you know, it's awesome. It's awesome. So, so Eli, but you were going to make some big bucks, weren't you? Making some money, so it's going to be worth it. So I'm like, yeah, I'm fired up. Let's go, man. Go get it, you know. And then, okay, then the dad thing kicks in. Okay, the dad thing kicks in. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm laying there, you know, at night, and I'm like, oh. What if, what, if, what if this guy he's working for, he doesn't know what he's doing? What if, what if they're trying to raise the foundation of the house and it, and it caves in on him, you know? Or what if there's black mold and, and he doesn't have a mask and he breathes that in, you know? And I, I'm thinking of all these silly things and I, I can't go to sleep. And then it's like the Lord says, stop, stop. I got him. He's mine. He's my kid. I can take care of him better than you can. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I got it. But then I'm texting Eli, but wear your mask. Wear a mask, okay? <laughs> wear your mask, because I forgot to give him a mask. And so then Joy and I, we, you know, his first day that he's, he's in calm, into this house. And, and y'all know about the floods we got last week. So I'm like, man, he's under the house. He's probably getting flooded under there. He's having fun. So we know he's not going to answer. So Joy and I both, we start blowing up his girlfriend Kyla's phone. Sorry, Kyla. You know, <laughs> we get used to it, okay? So Joy and I are like, hey, have you heard from Eli? Have you heard from Eli? And so... Kyla, she sends back an awesome picture, and here it is. Boom! There. (laughs) Woo! Yes, sir. That's it. Eli, you look like a you look like a praying mantis in that. Like a yeah. You know, I love that man. (laughs) It's so awesome. So, Eli, you survived, didn't you? Yeah, he survived. God took care of you. So, all my worrying it, it didn't do any good. But God's got him. So, listen. Here's the deal. When it comes to God being sovereign, we just have to say, Lord, you're in control you've got this. I'm going to trust you. So how do we interact with this sovereign God? Well, Jesus tells us some awesome things in in Hebrews 12. First of all, he says, lay aside the distractions, lay aside the sin that so easily throws you off track, and fix your eyes on Jesus. I love that. And then he says this, run with perseverance the race that is before you. Now, listen, I'm not a runner. I've whined you guys about a couple of 5Ks that I've slowly jogged through. But the first half mile of anything, any race, Billy, really, that I've ever been in, uh, instantly my body says, Stop it. Stop it. Go get something cold to drink. Go sit on the couch and watch TV. This is stupid. What are you doing? Right? And then you got to get through that. You got to get, and then once you get through it, it's like, man, you can run forever or at least two and a half more miles, okay? You know, and and then I'm done. That's it. 5K, that's it. But Jesus, he's got a course for us. He's got a purpose for each of us. He's got a mission for each of us. Each of you, guys, you have a mission from God. You have a race set before you. Run it with perseverance. Run that course. That's what he's telling us here. And, And keep your eyes on God because there's going to be times that you grow tired and weary and you're going to be tempted to take your eyes off God. and You're going to look around you and say, this is too hard. This is too hard. I'm just going to quit. But what do we do when that happens? We fight our way through the battle. And, and when a trial comes, you know, our natural tendency as humans is what? It's to put our eyes on the crisis. Right? And, and then we start worrying. But Jesus tells us here, hey, look at, look at the Father. Focus on the Father. And when we do that, amazing things happen. And listen, we can learn so much about the way Jesus prayed so we're going to look at two amazing stories you know them well if you've been to church anytime for any length of time in your life and if you're new to church I've got two amazing stories for you they're so cool uh, first is Mark 6, 41-44 this is Jesus feeding the multitudes taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven he gave thanks and he broke the loaves then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people he also divided the two fish among them all They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish, and the number of the men who had eaten was 5,000, and that doesn't include all the women and kids that were there. So imagine this, here's thousands of hungry and tired and hangry and weary people, and they're all looking to Jesus to do something about it. These people have been with Jesus for several days as he had been teaching and preaching. And and now the disciples are like, Lord, the people are weary. They've been here for so long. They're hungry. They're not going to make it home. What are we going to do? All we have are a little bit of bread, five loaves, and a couple of fish. What are you going to do about it? And then you can imagine the skeptics over here like staring at Jesus like, yeah, what are you going to do now, big boy? Because you're in a mess, right? And, and they didn't have the answers, the disciples didn't, but they knew Jesus did, and they bring this problem to Jesus. And, and how can Jesus do anything with so little when the need is so great? Well, guys, look at me. For God, there's nothing. It's nothing. It's no problem. So, what did Jesus do? This, look, catch this. He looked up to heaven, he looked up to the Father, and he gave thanks in advance for what he was going to do. Now that's beautiful and that takes guts. Because right now he's only got 5 loaves and 2 fish and a whole bunch of people to feed. But he just says, "Lord, thank you for what you're going to do." And then he blessed the food and he broke it and they fed everybody and there was leftovers. Incredible. Nothing for God. Jesus had faith that the Father would do a miracle. All right, now I'm going to roll right into another story. This is so cool. This is in John 11. 38 through 44. Now, this is amazing. This is amazing. Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been dead for how many days? Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And what did the dead man do? He came out. He had to obey Jesus. His hands and feet were wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And what did Jesus say? Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Man, this is so cool. Jesus is so bold. So he shows up and he tells the people, just roll away the stone. Now Martha, she's freaking out like, uh, Lord, he's been dead four days and he's going to start stinking, okay? And, and Phil, you're a doctor and you know how this works. After four days and old Lazarus has been in the grave for four days, there's nothing anybody's going to be able to do for him. Okay, he's gone. And so the crowd, man, they're like, you're you what are you doing and and they're thinking you're going to humiliate yourself you're going to humiliate and disgrace this family but you know what jesus likes to do he's in the business man of making us squirm jesus likes to put us in situations that we are uncomfortable because he's stretching us we are growing through those trials and and he gets us out of our comfort zone and it's not fun at the time but it's good when it's over okay i got out of my comfort zone wednesday night if y'all were here or watching online, Brother Johnny made me get up here and sing a special with him and Jalen. And that terrified me because I don't sing in front of a microphone. Out here, I can sing. I, can, I will praise the Lord. But on this stage, no, not my gift, okay? So I was squirming Wednesday night, man, I was. But listen, Jesus reminded Martha. He said, look, if you believe in me, you're going to see the glory of God. And that's exactly what happened. But I want to point out quickly just a few things about Jesus' prayer okay and we can apply this to our lives all right if we want to be effective in our prayers hold on to these three things write them down because this is what jesus did and i'm pretty sure if jesus prayed like this then we ought to be praying like this if it worked for jesus it can work for us right the first thing jesus did as we saw in our other passage of scripture he looked up when they took the stone away jesus he didn't stare at the corpse he didn't focus on what was impossible. He didn't look at all the people that were crying. What did he do? He looked up to the Father. He didn't focus on the impossible. He put his attention on the Father's loving face. He was focusing on what is most true in the world, and that's the love of the Father. He didn't focus on the sister's grief or the finality of death in this st- uh, tomb that was sealed with a stone. Instead, Jesus turns his face from the impossible and he puts it on his father and the resources of his kingdom. And then he gave thanks in advance before the miracle came. He said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. That's so awesome. Guys, we need to be thanking God in advance even before the breakthrough comes. When you're down and out, you just start thanking the father. You start praising him because he's going to see you through. He's going to get you through it. So start praising him in advance for what he's going to do. We're to always give thanks, even if we don't feel like it. And then the third part of this prayer is Jesus made a declaration. And he said, God, you always hear me. He knew the Father always heard him. He didn't have to say this out loud, but why did he say it? So that the people would hear. So that the people would believe. And guess what happened? When Lazarus was resurrected from the dead, did you know that many people became believers and followers of Jesus because of this miracle? And did you know that the religious leaders of the day, this made them mad. And they wanted to kill Jesus, and they even turned on Lazarus and tried to kill him. Wow. This miracle was used to win people to Jesus. So here's the deal. If we we want to be effective in our prayers, guys, we have to have faith. We have to believe that God hears us, and we have to believe that he will answer our prayers in the very best way. All we got to do is look from the wreckage and look to our Father. Well, not only is God sovereign, but he has unlimited resources. So when we're talking about who is God, who are we praying to, unlimited resource. Listen to Jeremiah 27.5. This isn't on the screen, so just tune your ears in. Okay? Are you all still good? Everybody with me? All right. I got a lot to say, so hang in there, but it'll be short. Okay? It'll be quick. With my great power and outstretched arm, I made the earth and its people and the animals that are on it. And I give it to anyone I please effective prayer listen to this this is a quote from john Eldridge's book it's not mine i'm going to give him the credit i'd like to steal it because it's good effective prayer is partnership with god now let that sink in for a second let that take some pressure off of you if you say oh prayer's not my spiritual gift i'm not a good prayer i'm not a prayer warrior it's okay it's okay because you know what you're doing you're partnering with god You're talking to God. You're communicating with Him. And the more that we do it, the more that He's going to just be real to us. And the more we pray, the better we're going to get at praying. But listen, if you desire prayer and you desire to communicate with God, He's going to help you do it. He's got all the resources in the world. I'm a big outdoorsman. I love nature. I love to see all of nature. I love waterfalls and rivers and oceans and mountains. And I love bright sunshine. And I love moonlit nights with lots of stars in the heavens it is amazing to think about that god put all that in place and he sustains it now i started doing some research and looking online and you can always trust what you find online to be true right <clears throat> not so much but as i was i was trying to find out how many stars are in our universe okay how many stars so there's all kinds of numbers but this one is kind of like an average i would say check this out there are roughly scientists to the best of their ability think there are 100 billion stars in our galaxy. That's big, okay? But check it out, we're not done. And there are 100 billion galaxies in the universe. So that's like 100 billion billion stars. And that's just a guess, okay? Really there's too many to count. But that's God because he's infinite. He spoke that into existence. Existence. Here's the problem for us. Our God is too small. We get overwhelmed because of what's going on around us, and we forget that he made everything around us. We forget that. Listen, there's no weight that God can't pick up, all right? If you worked out with God at the gym, he's going to win. He's going to, he, Dave, he's going to outlift you, okay? As humans, there's going to be things that we can't pick up, we're going to fail, but God doesn't. He'll win every powerlifting competition, all right? So let me ask you a question. When you are praying, is this who you have in mind? Is this who you envision? Well, another thing about God is that he reigns. Hebrews 1.3, listen to this. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Wow. Guys, listen to me. God is in control and he reigns. Yet when we face pain in our life, we question this. Does God really reign? Does God care about me? Listen, we can look and learn from King David. He went through so many hardships in his life. He he had people trying to kill him. He had family betraying him. And he would cry out his heartbreak to God. God wants to hear your heart. And when you're hurting, you can cry out to God and let that be known to him. But then we don't stay there. David would turn his heart away from his heartache. And he would turn to the Father. And he would praise God for his goodness and his majesty and his reign. He knew where God was and he kept that in perspective. Listen, guys. If God lost control, the universe would just implode. But... Because this morning you're here, we know a few things. The sun still shines. Gravity still holds. We've still got oxygen to breathe, right? He's taken care of us. If Satan had the upper hand, trust me, everything would would be a disaster and be destroyed. So, application: when we talk about who God is, when we pray to Him, well, here's a question: Who are you praying to? Is He inadequate? Is he weak? Is he too small? Where is God located? Is he far away? You know, I think sometimes we envision, you know, it's like God's just way up in the heavens. But guys, listen to me. If, if that's our perspective, then if we think God's far away, then our problems are going to be really big. But rather, if we, if we say, you know what, God's right here with me. His presence, his spirit, his power is real. And he is, guys. God is, he is, he is here with us. So when we envision God being near, which he is, then guess what? Our problems seem very small. There's nothing he can't handle because he, he reigns. He is ultimate. Now, check this out. Don't evaluate God based upon what's going around you. Don't evaluate God based upon how is he answering a, a specific prayer in that moment. Because there's a much bigger picture than just your little world and my little world. There's a huge kingdom plan, and you don't know what he's going to work out of the circumstances that you're going through. So you've got to persevere. You've got to see it through. You've got to let God see you through the trial to see some rewards and to see some blessings and to see some spiritual outcomes. And it may not be for you. Your trial may be for somebody else to lead them to Jesus. You don't know. But, I, but make no mistake about this. God cares about you more than you even care about yourself. He loves your kids more than you do. Parents look, oh, no way. Oh, yeah, he does. Grandparents, he loves your grandkids more than you do. And he can take better care of them than you, do, than you can. So be confident in the one who loves us this much. Fix your eyes on Jesus. You can count on him. So I've talked about who we keep in mind when we pray to, but I want to I share just a few minutes about who are we? Who are we? We talked about who God is, but when we pray, guys, we need to keep in mind who we are. Who we are. Now, listen to me. Uh, Joy and I, we have four boys, and they're hungry all the time. They are hungry all the time. You don't want to know our grocery bill, okay? So, yeah, you don't want to know. It, it, it would send you know shivers down your spine. But our kids, because they're our kids, guess what they have privilege to? They have full access to our refrigerator our freezer and the pantry and Eli says amen hallelujah okay we're not going to tell our kids don't go in there and get something to eat if you get hungry in the night go get it all right when their buddies come over I always tell them I get this from my mom and Joy's like don't be your mom don't be your mom I'm I'm trying not to be that commercial but listen I'm like hey listen you're here you get hungry the pantry's there the fridge is there if you're hungry it's your own fault okay our kids have full privilege to our stuff why? Because they're our kids. Are you with me? They're our kids. Okay, I'm going to give you an example. I may have shared this story, but I've added to it, so uh, you haven't all heard it. Uh, I like to collect knives. And I think I really never bought a knife in my life, but I've got a pretty good collection of knives from my, my parents, my uncle, and my father-in-law, okay? They love to get me knives. And so I've got this awesome collection of knives. <clears throat> and uh, Jude, man, he likes to get in there. And look at him. I've got them in a couple of drawers. So we'll pull them out, we'll spread them all out. So one day he's like, Hey, Dad, can I have that knife? Well, sure, man. How about that one? Yeah, go ahead. How about that one? Yeah, go ahead. Pretty soon, man. He's got seven of my knives. So he's got them like this, and he's taking them to his room because he's got a little tote for his knives, and his brothers catch him. They're like, what are you doing? Those are dad's knives. Put those back. I mean, they're just ripping into him. I'm like, guys, it's okay. Now, it wasn't Eli, it it wasn't Eli doing that. Middle brothers are doing that. Hey, Jude, put those knives up. And I'm like, guys, it's okay, man. They're going to be his anyway. You're going to get some too. You know? It's just stuff. But because they're my kids, they have access to that. Now, Eli, don't worry. You're going to get the lawnmowers, okay? (laughs) Isaac, Isaac, you're going to get the Bronco, okay? Matthew, you got the deer rifle, all right? Jude's going to get the knives, that's good. And all of you, look at me, Nichols boys, you're all going to get this. (laughs) Woo! This is your future. This is your future. (laughs) Look at your grandpas and look at me. It's inevitable. That's what you get, okay? So who are we? Listen, Romans 8, 15. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves. Guys, listen to this. So that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him we cry, Abba, Father. Galatians 4, 4-7. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive what? Adoption to sonship or daughtership, if that's a word. Because you're his sons. God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you're his child, God has also made you a what? An heir. Wow. Guys, that is amazing. So who are we to God? Now, I think we've all heard we're God's kids. We're God's sons and daughters. Have you heard that before? So this is not a newsflash to you. you know, you're not like, oh, Brother Jason, I didn't know that. I've never heard that before. Wow, you're so deep. That's so awesome. You've heard it before. But sometimes I think when we're so familiar with something, it loses its impact on us. I want you to back up for a minute and just really let that soak in, that if you have trusted Jesus as the Savior, if you believe that God sent his Son to this earth to live a perfect and sinless life and to die on a cross to take the punishment of God's wrath against our sin, Because we've all messed up, guys. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And sin is punishable by death. That's what it earns. That's the price tag of sin. We've all fallen into that trap. But Jesus redeemed us. He paid the price for our sins. He was buried in the tomb. And then on the third day, he rose again. And everyone that believes that and everyone that confesses Jesus as Lord receives forgiveness of sins and eternal life in heaven. Because that is amazing. That is the truth of God's word, and that is the gospel. So we become, at that moment, when we confess Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we become grafted into his family. We are adopted in, we are truly his sons and daughters, and that means that one day we will have full access to the kingdom of heaven. We will be heirs with Jesus. That's big. I don't think we think about that. Yeah, we're God's sons and daughters, we're God's kids. Guys, one day, one day, we're gonna be an eternity and heir with Jesus. Do we deserve it? No. But should should we be grateful for it and embrace it? Yes. And I think we're tempted because we all know we're sinners. I mean, you know, right? We've all we all know us. And because we're so vulnerable to that, we think, well, I'm just not worthy. And sometimes I think we we go to the point that. We feel so unworthy that we think God can't use us. Now, we need to have humility. We need to repent of our sin. We need to confess our sin. Yes, but then God forgives us, and then we change direction. We stop doing that, and we move in a new direction as his sons, as his daughters, as heirs to his throne, and we need to embrace that role, not in pride, not in arrogance, but in gratitude, So when we approach God, we don't have to come to him like a beggar. We have full access to God, to his privileges as his kids. We can get in the pantry. We can eat all we want, okay? And God wants to bless us with abundance. Does it mean that he's going to spare us from hardship? No, absolutely not. But he's always there. And and check this out. Uh, You you know the story of the, the prodigal son. And finally, you know, after he'd wasted everything and he's coming home and, and he's like, man, I'll just be, I'll just be dad's slave. And I got this speech worked up, dad, I'm not worthy to be your son, right? I'm just going to be your servant, blah, blah, blah. So when the father sees him, man, he runs, he hugs him. That kid's stunk, man. He'd been living with pigs. The father didn't care. He wrapped him up. He loved him. And the son started his little speech. I'm not worthy. And the dad just ignored his speech. And he slapped some new clothes on him and a ring and sandals and killed the fatted calf and had a party. He had a celebration. Here's what I want you to get. The father, the father, he was looking for the kid. Did you know, guys, that God every day, every moment, he's looking for you to come to him in prayer? He is expecting you. You're his kid, and he wants to hang out with you. He loves you. So remember that. The father's looking every day for you. Do you realize that? Do you think about that? Will that impact the way you pray? If you think that the Father and realize that the Father is looking for you and he's ready to embrace you, you're not bothering him when you pray. You're his kid. Run to him. Expect his embrace. That's that's an amazing God that we have. I love it so much. I love that so much. You know, can we get excited about this? Can we get excited that God has eternal life waiting for us in heaven? Man, listen, guys, when we approach God, he wants to give us abundance. He wants to give us peace, and he wants to give us mercy and grace and love. You can't put a price tag on those things. You can't put a price tag on having a life of forgiveness and knowing that that God's got a home in heaven for you, waiting for you. And we get to be his friend. And here's the cool thing. Here's the cool thing, guys. We get to be a conduit, a channel a vessel of God's grace and love to go out to others. You embrace who you are. And then when you pray, say, God, would you use me to be a a conduit for you so that I can tell somebody else about your love, so that I can share you with somebody else? Man, listen, listen. There's an enemy. There's a dragon. And he's trying to destroy lives. And you have a father. You have a father who is all-powerful. And he's mortally wounded the dragon, okay? The devil's going to be sealed in the lake of fire one day for eternity. But he's mortally wounded, but he's still wreaking some havoc right now on this earth. And God has called you into a battlefield. He has called you to step up. You have a mission. You get to be a partner with God. So when you pray, you can start praying every day, Lord, I'm partnering with you today. I want to be on mission for you. I want to run with perseverance the course that you've laid out for me today. And when we pray like that, do you think it's going to make a difference? You better believe it, man. God's got a mission for you. So get on board because together you can fight and you can reach souls for God's kingdom. That's what it's about. We're joining God on his battlefield. He's got an invasion in this earth, and you get to be part of it. All right, I'm going to ask everybody to stand and bow your heads. We're going to have our invitation time. Guys, listen, this is simply for you. To be able to come and to pray you've listened to me preach you have sang some songs but right now it's your time to interact with God it's your time to respond to God nobody's going to drag you up here but if you need to pray about something man the altars are open and we invite you just to come and to pour your heart out to God we're not going to get in your business but listen if you have never trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior today I encourage you to do that if the Holy Spirit speak into your heart Know that the most important thing that you'll ever do in your life is to make a decision about your eternal destination. God did all this for us, but it is not automatic. You must choose to receive Jesus as your Lord. You must trust him. You must believe in him. So today we invite you, if that's you, and and God's saying, you know what? You need to trust me as your Lord. And the altars are open, and if you'll come today... We will gladly pray with you and show you from God's word how you can receive Jesus as your Lord by admitting your sins to Him and believing Jesus died and rose from the grave and confessing Him as your Lord. But also to believers in this room today, maybe you feel like that old dragon is wreaking some havoc in your life and you just need to step up and you need to get on mission with God and you need to to step up your prayer life. If that's your desire, would you come today? Gather at the altar and say, Lord, I, I want to I grow in my prayer life. I want to pray effective prayers. So remember, guys, remember who you're praying to and remember who you are, and that will change your approach to prayer. All right, let's go to the Lord right now. And then even as I'm praying, even as I'm praying, and then as the musicians and instrumentals play a song for us, man, just come to the altar. If there's anything God's wanting you to talk about to him, Man, just come and do business with him. God, we love you. It's a privilege to be in your house. There's no one like you. Lord, today, if anyone needs to come and receive you as Savior, I pray that right now they'll have that freedom, that there won't be hindrance in their life, that they will come and find forgiveness of their sins and eternal life in heaven. Lord, I do pray for believers in this room who've already made that decision, but Man, the old enemy's been after them. There's chaos around them. They've been focused on the chaos. Today, may they come and put their eyes on you. And Lord, I pray for believers across this room today that they will just be compelled, Lord, when they come, go to you in prayer. Lord, that they'll realize who you are, that you're all-powerful. They'll realize, Lord, who they are, that, that they're your sons and daughters and you're ready for them to come to you. You want to embrace them. You want to run to them. So, Lord, help us to every day have that expectancy when we go to you in prayer. And ultimately, Lord, that we can be on mission with you and be doing kingdom work. We love you, Lord, and ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, if you need to pray, come on. Altars are open. Whatever's on your heart, come and give it to God. He can handle it. let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for speaking into our hearts. Lord, I pray for these uh, in your house today, Lord. Whatever needs have been lifted up to you, God, we thank you in advance that you're going to meet those needs and you're going to do great things. Lord, we worship you. We thank you for being our Savior. Today, may we go out with boldness and confidence to make a difference for your kingdom. We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you guys so much for being here. Man, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, I won't keep you much longer, but you've been an amazing, amazing group of worshipers today. So give yourselves a big hand. All right. Glad you're, yeah. Come on. Well, that was kind of weak, but that's okay. That's okay. So who's going to go home and watch The Hobbit? All right. You're going to do it? Okay. I'm going I'm to do it too. I'm going to do it. Um, hey, if you're a guest, man, you're, you're, you're just checking out Kavanaugh, Okay. We want you to come back next week. You'll hear our pastor, Brother Will. I'm sure he's going to have some amazing stories from the Holy Land. I can't wait to hear it. Uh, but also, very important, if you're, if you're a guest, please stop by our Connect counter. If you go through these doors to my right, uh, at the back of, the, of our sanctuary, immediately take a left. You'll see our Connect counter. There's some folks there. They're real friendly. Uh, and you're going to enjoy meeting them. And they'll answer any questions you might have about Kavanaugh. And the best part of all, they have a gift for you is Chick-fil-A gift cards, okay? If you don't want it, go ahead and pick it up. Just slide it my way. I'll accept, okay? All right, if you insist. Kyla, if they insist, I'll, I'll take it, okay? Um, and then to our members, not to our guests, but to our members, remember to give your tithe and offering in our offering boxes at the back. Guys, come back Wednesday night, okay? Because we'll be here. Love you all. Have a great day. You're dismissed.